like a babe when it cries for its mother. Like a child, I was helpless, alone. To be in your house this morning, Jesus. Lord, we glorify you and we give you praise this morning. We thank you for our freedom and for our peace this morning, Father. We glorify you above everything this morning and we invite you into this place. Lord, if there be one that doesn't know you in their heart this morning, God, may they come to the saving grace and the knowledge of your redemption power this morning. We thank you this morning, Father, and we give you praise and we give you honor. 
And Lord, we ask you to be in this place of a peace this morning. Lord, we ask you for those around the world, God, that are struggling and fighting for their lives this morning, God, that you would have your hand upon them. And Lord, we say an extra prayer for Israel this morning. Lord, we ask you this morning for wisdom. We ask you for our leadership this morning to have wisdom, God, and to be ran by you this morning, Father. Lord, we glorify you and we welcome you into this place. And Lord, we want to lift you up in all things this morning. Jesus, we give you praise and honor, and we honor you this morning, and we thank you once again, Father, that you sit upon the throne making intercession for us, Jesus. We praise you this morning. I have seen the ruined lives of many bound by sin. I have seen those in the ghetto with a bottle in their hands. Yet I know this could be me. I could be in that same place. But I'm washed and redeemed. I thank God for grace. Unworthy of mercy, yet I'm free and saved. Unworthy of royal blood that flows through.
he be willing to testify this morning? And he said, sure. He's been in my heart all week, and I felt like he had some. If you have anything going on in your life, if you have any problems, give it to the Lord. Because without the Lord, I don't even know. But if you have something going on in your life, if you have any problems, give it to him. He wants to hear you. If you give it to him, he will help you. Thank you. It's good to see everyone. I don't know if you was smiling yesterday, but I like snow myself. I, I like to see it now. It got cold, and I didn't like the cold, but I like the snow. Probably our last sight of it for a while. But I'll, enjoy, I'll enjoy it getting warmer. But God has been good this week, and I thank God for his grace. I thought about this week, about this message, and it seems to be something kind of simple. But I know that God is dealing with the church today. He's dealing with Christians today. And I know if you're here today and you don't know Christ is your Savior, that's the first step. You need to know him. You need to step in to his life. You need to make him first in your life. I heard Connie saying this morning, uh, she could not put her husband ahead of Christ. And you know what? You have to put everything behind him. He's got to be first in your life. Sometimes you say things like that and people looks at you like, you don't understand. I've got a lot of busy things in my life. I've got a lot of maybe children or husband. I've got a busy life. And I can't hardly figure what you're talking about. But when you get to know Christ, when you begin this walk with him, he opens up your mind and your heart to the truth. And once you begin to realize how much greater that he is, he is not just someone you travel in this life with. He's someone that brought you eternal life. You've got all your hopes in Jesus. I'm never alone because he's with me. And when, one day, when the day comes when you leave this life, I don't care how many years you live or how many blessings in life you may have, when it comes down to the end and you're leaving this life, and you will if time lasts, you will come to the place where you will turn your face from everything God has given you, everything that's temporary, and you will look to him because he's your only hope past the day of death, the day of the door of death. He gives us life beyond this life. And I praise him for what he is. I praise him for who he is. I'm glad he's in charge and not me. I'm glad he's in charge and not you. Praise God. I believe him, I trust him, and I'm learning to lean on him all my life. I've learned to understand that I need him in every area of my life. And this is what I want to talk about today. I want to talk to you about waiting upon the Lord. And I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but to me it stands out. One of the hardest things in this generation, one of the reasons we're so technically smart and technically going all this, it's because everybody wants a quicker way to do everything. Let's not 
put it off. Let's make it as fast as we can make it. Let's find out the newest, quickest, greatest, best way to do life. You know, I remember they wanted to put everything in the, in the computer because they want everything to run through the computer. They can control it better. They can run it better. You can run your life. You, uh, there's people here that probably does their work through all of their computer. I'm not cr criticizing the computer. I'm just saying we have spent our life trying to fix the wasted time in our life. But the wasted time is when you don't trust God. The wasted time is when you don't have time to wait on God. Now, I'm going to say this because it's true. We don't wait on God. We don't want to wait on God. I don't like waiting myself. You know, go to a restaurant today, and there ain't that many cars in the parking lot, and they tell you you got to wait 20 minutes. And you're looking at them like, why? There's tables all over there. You know, we're impatient people, even Christians. But I'm not just talking about our flesh. I'm talking about spiritually we need to wait on God. When you got decisions in your life, listen to me, young people. When you got decisions to be made, listen to what I'm telling you. Wait upon God. If you don't pray about everything and wait for the answer, see, we want to put it in God's lap. Then we want to go do what we want and want God to bless it. And we don't understand why things don't turn out right. Number one, we didn't wait for an answer. How many knows you don't wait for an answer? I, I don't raise your hand, but everybody in here has been guilty. We ask for things, we want things, and we want God to bless it. But don't tell me to wait, God. I might have to wait till God gives me answer. How many knows sometimes God don't give you what you want right then? You know King David was anointed to be a king. Did you know he waited about seven and a half years and almost got killed by the king that was, that was in place? Did David touch that anointed king never touched him. He was, because they anointed him as a young man to be the next king didn't mean he was supposed to go up there and take it away from Saul. How many knows you've got to wait on God? You'll not only wait for God to answer you, but God may tell you, wait. Might be one of his answers. He might say, not now. You might ask for a good thing, but it might not be right right now. And I'm only telling you that because I'm trying to help you understand God wants us to wait upon him. If he's Lord of your life and he's going to give you the right answer, why wouldn't you wait? You know, sometimes moms and dad can tell the kids, no, just wait. We don't want to wait. We want it now. I want a car now. I know I don't got a job. You can give me money and I'll have gas. <laughs> hey, I know it's a hard thing to do, but I want it now. And you know what? Our young people's raised that way, and I'm not picking on them. We all uh, have that. It's just a lot of times, I was afraid to say, Dad, I want the car, or Dad, I want some money. I wouldn't ask him. I, heard, I didn't want to hear what he had to say, number one. I might ease around to mom and say, well, I really need a little money. But I ain't going to do it to dad. Because dad said, get you a job. I know what was coming behind it. And I wasn't running from work. It's just I was still in school. 
But I wanted, a, I wanted a little money to put in my car so I could go date my wife. <laughs> and that's why the reason for my father wasn't good enough. You know, I know you love her, but you're going to have to wait. You know, you know what? God wants us to learn to wait upon him. Do you know that's all through the Bible? All through scripture, he tells us to wait on him. But we don't find that scripture. We don't seem to, we skip right over the top of it. No, I see what God wants to give me. He wants to bless me. He wants to give me all these things. But don't ask me to wait on him. I want it now. In the uh, 40th chapter of Isaiah, if you got your Bible, Waiting upon the Lord means to trust him with our lives and look to him as our source of help in the time of need. Now, if you're looking, if you've got a need, Grant just said it, if you've got a problem, you've got a trouble, if you have a need in your life, listen to me, talk to God about it. He's your source. And then wait upon him. I mean, here's what I'm saying. If you can't wait for the answer, guess what? God's not going to move at your snap of your fingers. He's not going to do it. And you might find on the computer a faster way to get what you want. And guess what? Most of the time we might ask God, but if it don't come right away, we start looking for the other way. Don't fulfill what you're asking without talking to God because God knows whether you need it or not right now. He also knows whether it's right or not. And you don't want to hear it if God says no. In fact, we don't even want to look at the scriptures sometimes over questions we're asking. Because we're afraid that scripture might tell us that ain't right yet. That ain't you. I've been, I've been looking in, in, in the, I've been in services pretty much most of my life as a kid. Can I tell you there was times that I would pray, God, give me this. God, I don't know what I'm doing. God, I don't know how to do this. And you know, sometimes God wouldn't answer me at all. You know what he was waiting on? He was waiting on me to be willing, willing to sit back and say, when God says it's okay, it's okay. But see, we don't want to hear God that. We don't want to stay that close to God. you got things in your life you've done, I've done, that later I wish to goodness I'd have waited. Have you? You know, we all we went and got ourselves in debt and bought a new car. We figured it out to the penny we could make the payment. Then the refrigerator goes out. Nine hundred dollar refrigerator, been a year old, year and a half old, and they claimed the warranty was up in a year. And by the time they got done trying to fix it, you might as well go buy another one. And back at $900, back when we bought this refrigerator, was a lot of money. I mean, it took me a, more than one check to get it. And I can tell you right now, you know what? Sometimes I think after that, I think, well, I wanted to please myself and get that car. You know, if I hadn't got that car, it's all my wife's fault. <laughs> How many knows what I'm talking about? Well, sometimes we just don't wait. In the 40th chapter, I want you to hear this. The 40th chapter of Isaiah, I want you to start at verse 21. It says, have you not known, have you not heard? 
Hath it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundation of the earth that it is he that sets upon the circle of earth and the inhabitants thereof are his grasshoppers that stretches out the heavens as a curtain. When you look up, listen to me, you can know God stretched out this heavens as a curtain. How big is God? You know what God wants? He wants you to have faith in him. He wants you to know he's big enough to handle the job. And he's big enough to handle your question. So wait on him. That's what he's saying. You know, we talked a little bit last week about rest. Coming into a place of rest. There's a rest for God's people. But sometimes that rest is where the waiting is. If you really trust him, you'll wait on him. If you really trust him that he's your Lord and he's trying to work your life out the way he knows it needs to go, guess what? You'll find out waiting on him is the best answer that anybody can give you. Wait upon God to give you the answer. Just keep walking. Keep walking. Waiting don't mean sitting in a corner somewhere. Keep on walking with him. Keep on talking with him. Keep on studying him. Somewhere in there, God will remember. He knows your prayer. He knows when it's the right time, and all of a sudden, the door opened, and God said, now I want you to see why I made you wait. And you'll receive what God, what you prayed for. But it's because you trust him enough to wait on him. God is not in a hurry. We're in a hurry. We're in the hurry-up mode, but God's not. God's trying to work out your life and my life. Praise God. He says, that stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain and spreads them out as a tent to dwell in. Look down at verse 25. To whom then will you be liken me? Whom will you liken me? Listen to what God's saying. Whom will you liken me, or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high, and behold who hath created these things that brings out their host by number. He calls them all by names by the greatness of his might. What, what's he talking about? He's talking about the stars. You remember how he told Abraham, look at the stars and you will know, you can't count them. He said, count the stars. That'll be the uh, people of, of Abraham. And we're children of Abraham. But God is saying here to Isaiah, talking to Israel, he's telling him, he's trying to encourage them. Because Israel is on the wrong path. And God's trying to encourage them. And he's telling them. He says, that brings out their host by number. And he calls them by their names. By the greatness of his might. For that he is strong in power. Not one fails. There's not a star that fails. That God hung in the, in the sky. Don't look at science. Don't look at what the science tells you. I'm telling you, the God that hangs the stars in place knows how to maintain them. And if he's that great and he's telling this to you and to me and to Israel, he's telling them, look up at the stars. I hung those stars. I even give every one of them names. Now, I don't know who you read from. You can look at science. But can I've read some ministers' um, commentaries that says the, that there are trillions, I don't know how many it is, trillions of stars up there. 
But how many knows God knows them all by name? You think God don't know how to take care of your little, I, I'm looking, I'm asking God for my problem to be taken care of? You think God don't hear? You think God don't hear and, and understand what you're crying for, what you need in your life? That's why he tells you, wait on me. He knows the right time to bring things in your life. He knew the right time to bring Christ into this world. He knew the right time. He knew the right time. He knew when the Holy Spirit was going to be poured out upon it, on the people. He has provided all things for us. Everything we need is in him, but we must wait for him. There's not a person here that's not hoping and looking for a blessed life. A blessed marriage, a blessed home, a blessed church. It's those that wait upon the Lord. Listen to what I'm telling you. It's coming. Even a blessed business. Some of you that have a business, you know what God has did in your business. Part of America's problem is they quit trusting God and they've quit placing their business in God's hands. When they make the effort to include God in their business, I promise you God will bless them. And they have to wait upon it. They have to see God's hand move. It, don't, it ain't that I earned it. It ain't that they said, I'll, it ain't this uh, pyramid stuff where I'll put out so much money and God will place it, replace it. It goes on, it says, verse 27, Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over, from my God. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, faints not, neither is weary, there is no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now most every one of you have heard that last scripture. They that wait upon the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord. It's talking to those that will wait. If you're not willing to wait, you're going to find yourself running into yourself. And you're going to burn yourself out no matter what you're trying to do. We got too many churches built on their own fleshly ideal. They don't wait on God. They don't want to hear from the Spirit of God. They don't open the door for God to speak to them. And I'm not picking up. You know what? That's a job here. We have to fight to say, God, I praise God. I've had people come with good ideals. But can I tell you something? I don't care what kind of idea you come to. I need to go pray about it. I don't know about you, but I need to go pray about it. Before I answer, I need to go pray about it. 
You say, why? Because I got to know God's saying do it. I got to know. I don't care how good the idea. I get ideals myself. But God don't want my ideal necessarily to take over. He wants his ideal. And as we search for him and we seek his face, there's good ideals that come by. And maybe in the future that might be something that would have worked perfectly. But God says, put it before me every time and wait upon me. When it talks about you shall mount up, it says, wait on the Lord. And, and uh, it says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. I know this. In your troubled times, you need strength. We get weak. We're weak people. Did you know this says about the mounting up of the wings as eagles? Did you know they, they say a, an eagle will lose its wings or it loses those feathers? It loses them. Uh, sometimes they said some of them lose them every year. And they get a new set of wings or a new set of, fly, uh, of feathers that come fills up. And guess what they look like? They look young. Well, some of them's old. But they got new wings. So they look good. You know what? That, that reminds me of Christians. You know what? That reminds me. You know what? I don't care what you think of me. Sometimes inside me, I feel like a little child. Sometimes inside of me when the Spirit of God hits, Bobby, I'm just ready to jump and shout and act real stupid. Because you know why? I feel young inside. I feel like I got something that's going to live forever in me, and it's taken over. Praise God. Don't you feel that way sometimes? Can you imagine? Sometimes we do everything in the world in America to go to every specialist to get our eyes fixed, our hair fixed, get everything done to make us look better. And just like that eagle, he gets those feathers, and he looks a lot better. He wouldn't look so good if he's sitting up there with a bunch of old, old raggedy uh, feathers hanging off of him. But boy, when he gets them new feathers, look out. He feels like a kid. He goes to soaring again. And there's something in that old, old eagle that says, I am alive. I can do this. And that's the spirit of God in us. See, if we wait upon him and he's behind us, look out because there ain't a devil can stop you. If God tells you to do something, if he lays it in your heart and you pray about it and wait for him, guess what happens when he opens that door and says, go. You can't stop that person. God is on them. God is all over them. And it encourages everybody around them. All of a sudden, people begin to get encouraged and they begin to run to him and say, I want what you've got. I don't know what it is, but I see something you've got that makes you alive, makes you happy inside. I want to be happy. I don't want to leave here all soured up. Don't be soured up. You find out where the life is. Get the life inside of you. Despite the age, their age, they continue to look youthful. Praise God. There's another scripture. It's in one the 103rd Psalm, the fifth verse. You don't have to turn there, but it says, He is talking about Christ. He who, or God, who he who satisfies thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagle. Twice he's talking about us being renewed. 
eagle soars. When an eagle takes off, when an eagle is at his best and he looks, you look at him and see the glory of what God has made him, you realize why God used the eagle as the example. And I want to tell you something. I'm glad God gets all over some people because they thrill me. I can't forget it. When they get excited and they get happy, Brother Leslie jumped up one week, throwed his hands in the air, and never, I didn't know where he could praise God. I didn't know he could praise God like that. But he got excited and couldn't be still. And you know what? I ain't forgot that, Leslie. I praise God. I hope it hits you all the time. Don't, don't be stingy. Share it. You know what? That's good. It's good when God gets on us. I want you to turn to Psalm 27. This is a song, a psalm, it's of David, and it's a song of confidence in the Lord. Listen to what David said. One thing, verse 4 of 27 Psalm. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. One good thing about David, he just speaks his heart. And I'm telling you, Duran, God was happy when he was saying that. There's somebody that wants to be in my house all the days of his life. And he says in the next verse, For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. That's like a shelter. And in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. Praise God. David knew where the source was, didn't he? He knew where the source was. Now look down at verse 13 of 27. David says this at the end of this. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Then he says it. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. How many of those David had times where he just, he couldn't make it happen. He had to step back and say, Lord, I'm waiting on you. You do what you do. Yes, he wouldn't touch God's anointing. He waited for God to remove Saul. Then he became the king. And you know, David had sons. One of them tried to take the place. Soon as David got sick, I think it was Adonijah, something like that, one of the names, he tried to take the king's place before he died. And he got stopped. He ended up getting, he ended up getting killed over. Because his pride thought he ought to take the job. David's too old. He can't take care of the job. But Solomon was the one. How many knows you have to wait upon God? You don't want God to answer your prayer the way you're praying sometimes. Because if he does, you're in trouble. That means you're going to fall down that, that way and you're going to have to pray that God will bring you back to the fork in the road where you left. Because you don't want to go there. And I know, because I've had people tell me sometimes, oh, this is God. I just heard God say this, and I heard God say that, and I'm going to do this. And you know what? I'm not picking at anybody. You know, you have to have faith. You have to pray about all things. But sometimes you need to wait and make sure it's God talking to you. Amen. 
Lamentations. Now that's, at, that's after Jeremiah. Jeremiah wrote Lamentations. Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet. And in Jeremiah and the Lamentations, he's warning Israel they're going into bondage. But I want you to hear it because here in Lamentations, he's talking about the hope and the quietly waiting on the Lord. In Lamentations 3, verse 21, This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. How many knows it's God's mercy that we're not consumed? You look at our nation and you start counting the sins of this nation. And I'm going to tell you something, brother. It's by the mercy of God we're not consumed. We're in trouble. Our nation's in trouble. The church is in trouble. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. That's talking about the mercies and the compassions of God. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeks him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. I believe God's trying to warn Israel. See, they ain't happy. They're not content. They don't have rest. So they look out the window and they want to be like the rest of the world. And God's trying to warn them. You need to wait upon me. There's nothing he would withhold from Israel if they'll just wait on God. He loves them. Nobody loves them like God loves them. Nobody loves the church like our Savior loved the church and laid down his life and died for us. So why wouldn't we talk to him about all things? He's our answer. He's the one that we should be looking to and waiting for. Patiently waiting for. I know this is not some fabulous sermon, but I'm trying to tell you something that's got to be a part of who you are. There is a part of us that has to back up and rest in him and say, Lord, I wait on you. I'm not sure. My mom used to say, if you don't know what to do, don't do nothing. But God says, wait. And in your waiting, keep doing what you're supposed to do. Don't sit back and whine about what you ain't getting. Just keep doing what God has given you to do until God shows you where to go next. Psalm 40, this is David again. 40th chapter of Psalm, verse 1 through 3 says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me, and I heard my, he heard my cry. He brought me up out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay, he set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it in fear and shall trust in the Lord. Praise God. You know what? I can look at David and fear and praise the Lord. Can't you? Can't you see what God has done in David's heart? What David, what he come as a little shepherd boy. And God rose him up to the king. He came out of nowhere. 
God, David knows what God has done in his life. Do you know what God has done in your life? Is that what you're living for? Are you still waiting on him? Because I tell you right now, you can't change lords after you get halfway through. You can't get what you want of him and say, that's all right, Lord. I got what I want. I'll just take over and do what I want to now. God says we need to wait on the Lord. How many knows America should be waiting on God right now? Waiting on God to move. I'm not going to call the fire down from hell uh, or fire down from heaven to strike these other nations that's not living for God. How can we look judgmental toward anybody when we can't look at our own problems? And God says you should be waiting and praying and seeking my face. And as you do that, I will open the door. I'm positive that it takes the prayers of mothers and fathers when children are in war. I'm sure God hears the cry. And I'm sure he watches over them and he makes things go good for those that have cried out to him and prayed for their children. And I can tell you right now, don't you ever give up. Mom and dad, don't you ever give up. You pray until the last breath in your body for your little baby to get their heart right with God. Because I can tell you right now, we raised our children and we didn't do anything right. Seems like we tried to do some things right, but we didn't do all things right. Just like any arrest you parents. But can I tell you, the only thing matters to me, the only thing matters to my wife, is that our children and our grandchildren knows who God is. That they receive him. And they live for him. Put him first in their life. Then I won't worry because I know they'll have a Lord that loves them and will show them things that mom and dad couldn't do. He's bigger than I am. He's much greater. He loves much greater than I did. I fought myself. I'm fighting selfishness. I'm fighting having my way at home. I'm fighting all kinds of stuff. It don't always get what you want. But he gives you what you need. And he's always doing it for your good. Psalm 62. I know I'm reading a couple of them. I'm almost done. David, King David, it says, My soul, verse 5 of 62 Psalm. This is David again. It says, My soul waits thou only on God. What's he saying? I've learned where my waiting comes from. It comes from waiting on God. I'm not waiting for somebody else to take and fix my problem. I'm not waiting for the doctor to fix my problem. I'm not waiting for, you know what? God will send the right doctor. But I'm looking unto him, and I'm waiting on him to answer the prayer that's cried out. Because, see, even when you've got a sickness in your family, Dorothy, you all had a sickness in the family. But can I tell you, even when the sickness is there, we know that someday we're going to die. And someday our children's going to die. We pray that we go ahead of them. Don't always happen that way. But I know where my prayer is. Oh, God, come down into our family and have mercy and grace. And God, heal what's wrong. Go beyond the doctors. I don't care for a bad doctor or a good doctor. Open their eyes to see what they need to see. Help them. Move upon him. 
Where is your faith in? Where is it in? Who is it in? He says, the, He alone, He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation, my glory, and the rock of my strength, and my refuge is in God. Trust in Him in all times, you people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. I like what David writes. See, I think David hits right to the heart of what the matter is. He knows he needs God. He could rise up with the army. He could do a lot of things. But no, he waits upon God. Isaiah 30, one verse. Verse 18, he says, And therefore will the Lord wait, that he may be gracious. Why would God wait? Did you ever ask yourself the question, Lord, why do you wait? How many knows? God knows how it needs to happen for it to be right. You've, you've got it in your mind how, Lord, I know what I'm praying for, and I know exactly it's going gonna, it's gonna to be perfect. You just answer this prayer, Lord. But how many knows God knows when and how and why he's answering the prayer? And when he does, it'll always be for the right reasons. And you'll find out God did much more than what you were looking at. He says here, listen to this 30th verse, or 18th verse of the 30th chapter of Isaiah. And therefore will the Lord wait, the Lord's waiting, that he may be gracious unto you. Because if he answered now, the answer might be no. He's trying to be gracious to you. That's why he's not answered you. He's trying to wait till you really, from your heart, are crying out to him. And you believe him. Your faith is really in him. It's not just what you want. It's not just because you're embarrassed of what's happened or you're ashamed of what's going on. Oh, I'm ashamed to admit I got a problem. I'm ashamed to admit that there's something wrong in my life and I don't want nobody to know about it. Well, the computer's already told most of it. You ain't got no secrets anymore. But can I tell you something? God knows when and how to answer because he knows when it's the right time. He moves at the right time. And he says, And therefore will he be exalted, that he may have mercy upon you. For the Lord is the God of judgment. Blessed are all they that wait for him. If he answers you now, he might have to answer with judgment. But he's waiting on you. He's waiting you first to repent. He's waiting you to surrender yourself to him. You know, God, people think I just go and give God a good prayer. I, I really, I worked real hard. I went to church this week. I paid tithes. I done this. I done that. I've been nice to the neighbor. And Lord, when I go and I ask you for something, I need it, I need it right now. How many knows God sees through that? God wants you to ask for his will in your life. That puts you right back in the, on the back, back burner. You ain't, the, you ain't the top dog. Lord, I want your will. I want your will now, and I want your will today in my life. And I'm willing to say, Lord, I surrender this day to you. 
It's not what I want. It's what you need. You know I need. And then I need to search myself and repent if I need to. And I need to let God know, I'm sorry, God. I'm not really waited on you at all. I just want what I want. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Because of that, he waits, and he don't answer you when you want him to answer you. He don't answer the prayers sometimes of what we uh, get these hankering that we just think we need. Because he's trying to save your soul not rescue from the money that you blew. I'm sorry. I don't know nothing about you. I know I hit somebody, and I'm sorry I said it. You got to trust him. We have to remember he's the one that hung every one of them stars. He's the one that put the, put the spread over the sky that we see. If he knows how to handle those, how many knows he knows how to handle our problems? He is the answer to every problem you've got. Since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, neither have they, the eye seen, O oh God, beside thee, what he hath prepared for him that waits for him. God will do great things. For those that wait for him. Now I know this is leaving you with a, an odd message. But I want you to think about what I'm talking about today. You have to learn to wait on him. You have to learn to pray in his will. And when you know you're out of his will and you're not right with God. You need to first pray that you, God will forgive you. You need to come and repent. And then you say, Lord, I wait on you to show me what I'm doing. I used to, a uh, long time ago, when Dad took the church, our family never worked in the church that much. Dad worked, Dad and Mom worked as a Sunday school superintendent in Asbury for 13 years, I think. And you know what? They did that for a long time, was faithful to it. But us kids just came to church. When my dad took this, this little church out there in Blue Ash, every one of us began to start coming out there. And when we started coming out there, we'd seen all the things that needed done. I started doing congregational songs, what Ken did this morning. I started because I remembered songs out of the book. And they would get me to go up and sing them. And I never could sing them in the key that, that was written in. And we had a lady at the church that played the piano, and she didn't want to do nothing but what it was written in the key. And I, I mean, I'm a new singer, and the last thing I want to sing is too high. And I can't reach it. And I had to keep, I went home and took a book, and I would take, uh, uh, Shirley had a little accordion thing, and I took that, and I would hit the buttons, and I would find out what that chord was or that key was, and I would write it down in the song book that I took, and I would write down that I can do it, and I figured it out. I'm about a key and a half below every song that's written. So I just tell Becky all that, and after that, after Becky started playing, I said, just hit it a key and a half, whatever it's written in, key and a half below it. <laughs> and that's how I look to sing every time as far as these books. 
And, and I'm only saying that because, see, I was searching for God to show me how, where to work. I was thinking, Lord, I'm not smart enough. I sure ain't smart enough in your word to teach or do anything like that. So I would slowly do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. God began to help me. Sue and, and uh, Becky started showing me how to do harmony and singing a little bit. And I started learning that. And then I picked up a guitar and started learning. And every time I'd say, well, maybe I'm supposed to be a guitar player. Maybe I'm supposed to sing. Maybe I'm supposed to. Then I started teaching. I said, maybe I'm supposed to be a teacher. I started doing all of those things. I started trying everything. But how many knows God was doing something in spite of me, in spite of my wandering around from one thing to the next, because God had his own plan. And when people would say, you're going to be the pastor when Dad got older and sicker, and I'd say to them, no way, that's not me. That's my, that's my daddy did that. I don't do that. And I'm not trying to toot my horn. This ain't about me. I'm trying to tell you, God knows exactly where he's taking you. And I still get up on Sunday morning and wonder if I should even just call in and say, I'm sorry. You got the wrong guy. But can I tell you something? I love God. And I know he showed me some things in life. And as I go, I learn a little bit at a time. And Bill, I'm still working at it, and I'm still trying to learn. Lord Jesus, show me. I wait upon him every week. I ain't nobody, but I go into my basement, I get my Bible out, I read a little bit, and I pray, and I say, Lord, where do you want me to go this week? I don't have messages wrote down. I don't know how to do that, but I know how to hear from him, and I don't ever want to lose that. Can I tell you, that's my pride and joy. That's my love of my heavenly father. And I know that I told him a long time ago, if you don't show me what I'm doing, I can't do this. That's been my prayer. I ain't nobody. And you know what? Someday he may say, I'm done with you. Step out. And I can't force the issue. That's okay. My father, I watched his heart break when he knew God was taking him out of the job didn't stop what he felt. He still loved God. He still knew that God had done so many things in his life. But you have to step back and say, God, I want you to be pleased in my life. I want you to give me what I get. I want to wait on you every day. God will show you. If you have a heart for him, he'll lead you to people to witness to. If you have a heart, you may not think I got the words, but if you've got the heart, God will open your mouth. You'll say words you never thought you knew. Praise God. One day, there's a scripture in Romans 8. Becky, you come back up. Romans 8, it says in the 23rd verse, it says, Not only they, but ourselves also, which had the first fruits of the Spirit, even ourselves, grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of the body. You know, one day I'm waiting for the new body. See, some of you got a nice young body and you ain't worried about it. But one day you'll be looking out and saying, I'm waiting for my new body. And I read there, it's coming. I'm waiting on it. I'm waiting to witness it. When's it coming? When Jesus comes. I'm looking for him. I'm looking for the source that promised it. 
He promised we'd have a new body. The new body that'll fill in this young person inside, this renewed spirit inside of me that gets renewed day by day. Guess what? It's going to get a new body. And I ain't going to have to worry about them old feathers. I ain't going to have to worry about looking right. I don't have to go to the doctors and the nurses and the, and the uh, what do they call them? The people that decorate, decorate your face. I can't, I don't know who they are. Plastic surgeons or whoever they are. You won't have to go to none of those because you're going to have a new body and it will never grow old. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know what? I don't even know if you have to comb your hair when you get up. Or if you have to sleep. Praise God. I don't know about you, but I sure don't want to live in this body forever. I got to have a new one. And I got a promise here that I'm waiting on it. I'm waiting and looking. What am I looking for? I'm looking for the sky to part. And I'm looking for the sound of the trumpet. And I believe he's going to call. And when he does, we will be raised and have a new body. I believe that. That's what's inside. It's got to be. I've got to have a new body. Praise God. Hebrews 10.35 says, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompensable reward. For you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he shall, listen to this, I want you to hear this. This is the last point I want you to really hear. It says, for yet a little while, and he that shall come will come. Hear that? You know, he had that written down just so you and I could read it. Don't you believe that? I believe it. Paul wrote that to Hebrews, and I believe it's true. A little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. He's not going to wait no longer. When that day comes, the waiting period is over. We don't have to wait for it no more. It says, now the just shall live by faith. But if a man draws back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them which who draw back into perdition, which is ruin or loss, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. We are to wait for his return. Are we waiting for his return today? Are you looking for his return? Or is your life too busy to even think about what God's doing? You and I know God's doing a lot of things. We that grew up in in the, in the gospel, we that know the, the Bible that says all these things are going to come to pass, we see in our world it's coming to pass. I see things my father didn't see 10 years ago, Bill. It's already gone by. And you know what? He never saw it then. I've talked to him many times. But there's things changing so quickly because God is aligning the nations and he's bringing it together. And he's coming back real soon. It says, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Are you looking for him? Because he's coming. 
If you ain't looking for him, guess what? You will be left behind. You say, who are you to judge that? I am not your judge, but I'm warning you. He says, I'm coming back for those that are looking for him. You better start looking. You better start listening. And you better start waiting upon God. Because he's trying to put things in you and take things out of you. But he can't do it if you're ruling. You're struggling with God's rule. And he says, rest in me and wait upon me. That's where your soul will be blessed. That's where your life will be blessed. That's where a family is blessed. That's where a home is blessed. That we sit and we wait upon God. We pray, we seek his face, and we wait for him to show us. We don't run off and do what we want. We wait upon him. Everybody stand if you will. What the second wind is to a marathon runner, let me hear this. What the second wind is to a marathon runner is what patience is to a Christian. Hear what I just said? You know how a marathon runner will be running, he's just about out, he's about dead, out of he's still got a long way to go, but he's about dead, and then he gets a second wind, and all of a sudden he takes off again. That's what patience is for the Christian. We have to wait, and all of a sudden God will renew our strength. Boy, you sometimes we just really get down. Lord, I can't make it. I can't live this Christian life. It's too hard. I can't do it without my wife or my children doing exactly what they should be doing. I, I need everything around me. No, you need to wait upon him, and he will renew your strength, and he will push you forward. Trust him. Praise God. While they sing, you come if you need to pray. God is reaching out to someone's heart today. I'm not trying to pass judgment on you. I want you to understand you need him today. More than we talk about, more than just a Bible study, more than you need to cram to learn the Bible. You need to wait upon God. Trust him. Live for him one day at a time. Don't be afraid to pray. Don't be afraid to ask God and look for the answer.
Till I become old enough to drive. I couldn't wait till I come old enough to get married. I couldn't wait for all these things to happen. Now I wished I had more time to wait on things. My time of waiting is coming to a, a slower time. God knows where you're at. He's your answer. He don't write things for no reason. He puts them in there that we would hear them and that we'd apply them to our lives. If you don't know Christ today, you need to know him. Don't wait. Don't wait for that. Because I can tell you, the enemy will tell you not now. The enemy will tell you you're okay without it. But you're not. You can't earn one day with God. You can't earn your way of salvation. He he alone paid your price. He provided all things. You don't know what I'm talking about when I talk about waiting on God if you don't know Him. But you need to know Him. I always thought my little kids would be little kids. They won't. They grow up. Enemies trying to steal, kill, and destroy. Never prayed. I thought I was praying for them when they was little. But I never prayed like I prayed now. Because I want them to know where the path is, the straight and narrow path. I want them to lean upon Him, depend on Him. He's not going to hold you. God's telling the church they need to be waiting on Him. I'm not waiting on to the next election. I'm not waiting on the devil to take over. I'm not waiting for demons to decide what's going to happen tomorrow. I know who our God is. He can take care of all things. The church needs to pray and we need to wait. God will answer prayer. 